Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Come on, you want to leave out of here full. Amen. Come on, we had to move with the Spirit. Now you can get to move with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Once again, we're still talking about the blessing, but we're particularly talking about what it means to be reborn in the blessing. Somebody say being reborn in the blessing. Here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, once again, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And we asked the question, and that was, why aren't millions of Christians who show up every Sunday morning, come on, say amen, somebody, why aren't they rocking their communities for Jesus by preaching the gospel with signs and wonders? And the answer is real simple. It's because most Christians don't know who they are. Let me say it again. Most Christians don't know who they are. They've been brainwashed by the devil into believing they're still just old sinners saved by grace. They've been convinced by religious tradition that they're nothing more than fallen human beings who have been forgiven by a loving God. Come on, say amen, somebody. And as a result... They spent their entire Christian lives identifying more with defeated Adam than with the victorious resurrected Jesus. So we talked about what it means to be reborn. Somebody said reborn. Why? Because anyone who wants to operate in the fullness of the blessing must understand what really happened to us when we were saved. If you don't understand that, you're not going to fully walk in the blessing we're talking about today. Carl, you with me out here? Why? Because you have on the inside of you, you have on the inside of you everything you need to grow up and become on the inside and outside just like Jesus. Matter of fact, go to 1 John 4, 17. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. I give you time to get there. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. So herein is our love made perfect, that we may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. Because why? Because as he is, so are we where? In this world. It doesn't say so are we going to be. It says so are we right when? Right when? Now. See, God wants to develop in us a righteousness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. Are you with me and we said, sure, you made some mistakes. Come on, we have all done a lot of things that turned out to be mistakes. I should have got a bigger amen than that. But one thing about it, we never got up in the morning and said, I believe I'm going to make a mistake today. You see, once you have committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're doing your best to follow his word, Follow his word, follow his word, and walk uprightly before him. You may do something that turns out to be a mistake. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. See, you may make some slip-ups, but always remember, even if you slip up, you got to remember, I am still redeemed. Come on, say, I'm redeemed. 
Why? Because you just set out to make the mistake, hopefully, in the name of Jesus. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He says, there is therefore. What is it? Now, what? No condemnation to them which are what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? Spirit. See, we know all you got to do is confess your sin, receive your forgiveness, and keep on going. Let me say it again. All you got to do is what? Confess the sin. Come on. Confess the sin. Receive your forgiveness. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They don't receive forgiveness after they confess the sin. So they walk around guilty. And he said there's no what? No condemnation to them that are where? In Christ Jesus. Once I confess that thing, it's done. It's done in the eyes of God. So I got to make it done in the eyes of myself. So sometimes you're going to look in the mirror and say, I, re- I forgive myself. Then you what? And you keep on going. Tell your neighbor, you keep on going. And see, you're not only redeemed from your past sins, your past failures, but guess what? You've been redeemed back into the blessing. Somebody say the blessing. And as far as God is concerned, that blessing is already on you. Why? Because you are, you listen, because you are his born-again child and you are joint heirs with Jesus. Somebody say, I'm a born-again child of God. And I'm joint heirs with Jesus. But listen closely now. Because listen. God has already blessed you with all that heaven has and all that heaven can do. Somebody said he's already done it. Now, I want you to think about that now. Everything God has, everything he is, every angel, and all kinds of glorious spiritual assets we haven't even seen or heard of yet are ours right now in Christ Jesus. We're not going to receive them one day in the future. He said we have a win now. We'll look at Ephesians 1, 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He said we're going to have it now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be who? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, who what, who has what, who has what, blessed us with what, all what spiritual blessing, where, in heavenly places, in Christ, according as he is what, chosen us, tell your neighbor, I'm a chosen one, he has chosen us where, in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be what, Holy and without blame before him in what? Love. Now the question is, when we read this scripture right here, or these two verses, do you believe these verses are true? Let me ask that question again. Do you believe these verses are true? See, if we believe these verses to be true, then we as believers need to start acting like it is. It's time for us to stop going before the Lord. Listen to me now. It's time for us to stop going before the Lord and prayer. Talking about, oh, Lord, oh, God, please bless me. That is a waste of breath. 
Why? Because we're already blessed. We can't get any more blessed than we are right now. Oh, come on. Yeah. So instead of begging God, please bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. What we should be doing is developing our faith in what he has already done for us. We should be meditating on what the Bible says about who we are and the blessing that is on us. Come on, say amen, somebody, so that we become aware of it all the time. Somebody say all the time. We should be thinking about it every day. How often? Every day. Putting it on index cards, sticking it on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom window. Come on, that's where you spend most of your time, your refrigerator and bathroom. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> what are you doing? Constantly reminding yourself of how blessed you are and constantly reminding yourself and saying it to yourself, I am as blessed as Adam was before the fall. I am as blessed as Abraham was. I am as blessed as Jesus is. I am blessed. Come on, say it, I am blessed. And see, sometimes people kind of hesitate to say they are as blessed as Abraham. And the reason being is because they were not born in Jewish heritage or born Jewish. They consider themselves Gentiles. They think that somehow they're less blessed as Abraham and his sons and his descendants. Come on, say amen, somebody. And the Bible doesn't say that. Knows what it says in Galatians 3, 6. Somehow they think they're less blessed than Abraham. So it's hard for them to realize I'm as blessed as Abraham. And then you go back and read about Abraham. You said, I ain't got none of that. Because Abraham was blessed. But they don't see themselves as blessed as Abraham. Because why? They don't think that they're part of their heritage. But look at Galatians 3, 6, it says, even as Abraham believed God and was counted to him for what? Righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the what? Children of Abraham and the scripture foreseen that God would justify the heathen through what? Faith. Preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be what? Blessed. So then, so then, they which be of faith are what? Are what? Blessed with faith for Abraham. According to what we just read, all born again believers on this earth. No matter what their physical birth, are just as much heirs of Abram as, listen, as if they had been naturally born into an Orthodox Jewish family. Oh, y'all with me out here? We are all as blessed as Isaac, as blessed as Jacob, as blessed as Joseph. Because why? Because we were, because, because we were born again. Come on, we were born into a very orthodox Jewish family. Why? Because God spiritually reborn us. Father himself. We are no longer Gentiles because why? By definition, Gentiles are people who have no covenant with God. But look at Ephesians 2.11. We are no longer Gentiles. Say, neighbor, you're no longer a Gentile. 
Ephesians 2.11. It says, Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called uncircumcision, in the flesh made my hands, that at the time you were. You were what? Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, this was a description of us before we were saved. It says you were. It says you what? You were. And say, say your neighbor, I'm not that anymore. Because in verse 13 it says, but now. In what? In Christ Jesus. Come on, you better receive this. In Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made what? Nigh by the what? By the blood of Jesus. Somebody say now. Somebody say, but now. We are now what? We are now in Christ Jesus. We're not far off somewhere. We're made nigh by the what? By the blood of Jesus. But not only that, look at Galatians 3.13. Say, I'm not a Gentile. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has what? Redeemed us from the what? From the curse of the law being made a what? Curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth what? On a tree. That the what? Come on, say it loud now. That the what? That the what? Blessing of who? Abraham might do what? Come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might be what? Receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. Now, some have heard or have been told that when he says the promise of the Spirit, it refers only to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they're led to believe that's the only part of the blessing of Abraham that we as non-Jewish believers received. Are you with me out there? And tell your neighbor, that's incorrect. Come on, tell somebody else, that's incorrect. Why? See, in this verse, the promise of the Spirit is not referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's referring, listen to me now, it's referring to the promise the Holy Spirit made to Abraham that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. Let me say it again. It's referring to the what? Promise the Holy Spirit made to who? Abraham that what? That through him all the families of the earth would be what? Blessed. See, the restoration of the blessing is the Holy Spirit's promise. Say it again. The restoration of the blessing is the Holy Spirit's promise. Now, of course, in that blessing, it includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But guess what? It also includes the new birth. It also includes healing. It also includes financial prosperity. It also includes the ministry of angels and everything else. We need to be fruitful and have dominion on this earth. And I'm telling you right now, don't let, you, let, listen, don't let anybody talk you out of, just, or talk you into settling for anything less than what God has provided for you. If it's in your inheritance, you're supposed to say, it's mine. Come on, say it's mine. What are you supposed to do? Stand fastly. Somebody say, stand fastly. On the fact that through the plan of redemption, 
Jesus has restored to us the blessing. Come on, say I'm blessed. Come on, say I'm blessed. But the problem is, we have to put that blessing to work by faith. We have to let it start creating a garden of Eden in our homes. Come on, are you with me? We have to start letting that blessing create a garden eaten on our jobs, in our church, in our businesses, throughout this community. We have to allow it to flow through us, out into the streets. Why? Because others need our help. Tell your neighbor, somebody needs your help. And understand this, as the church learns to live more fully in the blessing. Because we haven't really got there yet. But as the church learns how how to fully live in this blessing, even, listen now, even politicians and others in positions of influence in this world will start reaching out to Christians trying to get us on their side. And if you have noticed this, that's what's been happening even in the political arena. Why? Because they figured out something. They figured out something just like Potiphar did. They figured out something just like Pharaoh did when Joseph handled their financial affairs. They figured out there was something about these Christians. Oh, come on. Say amen. What was it? Whatever, listen, whatever these blessed people got their hands on, whatever these blessed people got involved with, guess what? It was sure to prosper. Now, if you think the blessing could never operate that strong through you, I want you to think again. Tell your neighbor, think again. Because let me remind you once again that you are the seed of Abraham. Somebody say, I'm the seed of Abraham. Listen, you are scripturally qualified to be a blessing to the whole world. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. You are scripturally qualified to be a blessing to the whole world. Not only that, the scripture tells us, look at Romans 8, 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Not only that, the scripture tells us here in Romans 8, 16, it says, The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are what? That we are what? Children of God. And if children, then what? If children, then what? If children, then what? Heirs of who? Heirs of God. And then it says, and what? Joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also what? Glorified together. See what that means. That means everything he is, everything he possesses belongs to us, including his name. Oh, God. See, as his representatives on the earth, you have his authority. Listen, he has made you Lord over sickness. He made you Lord over Satan. Come on, say amen, somebody. And he's made you Lord over poverty. He has given you power over all those things. And what did he do? He told you to go out there and get rid of them. So get in your mind. Get it in your mind. Tell your neighbor, get in your mind. Although 
your, phys your physical body is still here on this earth. Spiritually. Look what the word tells you where you are. Ephesians 2.5. Although your physical body is still here on this earth, spiritually, this is where you are. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Come on, I need some mature Christians to receive this this morning. It says Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we are dead in our sins, has he what? Quicken us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And now that you are saved, verse 6 says, and he has what? He's what? Raised us up together and made us what? Sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So spiritually, where are you located? Let me say it again. Spiritually, where are you located? But not only that, look at Ephesians 1.21. He says what? Far above all principality, all power, all might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that what? Fill up all in all. Listen here, it doesn't say you bear, you're barely above the devil. It doesn't say you're barely above all his devices. It says you are far above him. Somebody say far above him. Now, see, every now and then, what you need to do, you need to get out your bed in the morning and remind the devil. Remind him that what, listen, remind him of what happened on the cross of Calvary. Come on, say amen, somebody. Remind him that you are joint heirs with Jesus. You need to battle the sword a little bit. Take out your sword and say, devil, this is who I am. Say amen, somebody. And what happened? The devil will flee from you just as he does from Jesus because why? You are part of Jesus' body. And the head and the body are one. Let's say it again. That head and the body are what? And see, that's important. Tell your neighbor that's important. That the head and the body are what? Jesus is the head. We are the what? But we're what? Come on, Jesus is the head. We are the body, but we are what? One. Listen, people on the street seem to understand this more than Christians do. See, when I walk into a room, no one says, here comes Pastor Walker's head. Are you with me out here? Why? Because my head is not the only thing that's included in my name. I'm Pastor Walker from head to toe. Without my body, I can't do anything. Oh, come on, you're with me out there. Without my body, what? I can't do anything. Amen. But the same is true for Jesus. Listen, he can't do anything on earth without us. Because we are his representatives on this earth. 
So if you don't think God don't need you, he needs you. Because he can't do anything without you. Because why? He's the head and we are his body and we are one. And it says here, we are his fullness. Appointed by God to rule in his name with holiness, goodness, and rule in love of the almighty God that was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That means, listen to me mothers, any mothers in here? How about father? Any fathers in here? That means if you are a mother or a father, you don't have to put up with sickness on your children. When the devil attacks your children with a sickness, you can stand at, the, at their bedside and say, Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus and the power of the Almighty God to get your filthy hands off my child. Say amen, somebody. Why? Because I'm the seed of Abraham. And my children are the seed of Abraham. And my children are blessed, spirit, soul, and body. And see, you can lay hands on your children and say, Jesus, my children are in your care. You're the Lord and high priest of this household. And you are the healer. Come on, say amen, somebody. And by faith. I loose your healing power now into the body of my little child. And I call my child healed. Say amen, somebody. Listen, folks. You don't have to cry and beg for Jesus to come down from heaven and touch your child. Let me say it again. You don't have to cry and beg for Jesus to come down from heaven and touch your child. You don't have to cry and moan and say things like, oh, Lord, if you just let the hem of your garment wash over my baby, I know he'll be healed. Now, I can understand you praying like this if this, if, if, if this is your idea or you had no idea of who you are. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, if you don't know who you are in Christ, I can hear you praying like that. If you have no idea what happened to you when you were born again, I can understand you praying like that. And I would just say, well, they just don't know any better. See, you don't know better. Then I would say, you don't know better, maybe because you were never taught anything different. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And see, you might assume you're in the same position as the woman with the issue of blood who received her healing by touching what? Jesus' clothes. Or you might identify with the hungry multitude who sat by the Sea of Galilee and ate the loaves and fishes that Jesus multiplied. But that's not what we should be doing. See, as Jesus' disciples, folks, we should be identifying with him. And when we read those New Testament stories, listen to me now. When we read those New Testament stories, which you should be doing your chapter a day, when we read those New Testament stories, we should see ourselves doing his works. Rather than seeing ourselves as a people in need, we should see ourselves as the ones who meet the needs because why? We have inherited Jesus' ministry. We are now what? The seed of who? Of Abraham who carry the what? Who carry the what? The blessing. Look at Galatians 3.16 again. 
We are the what? Seed of Abraham. Who do what? What we do? We carry the blessing. Galatians 3.16. What's he say here? Now to who? Abram and his what? Seed where the promise is made. And he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of what? One. And to thy seed, which is who? Christ. Now look at verse 29. He says, and if you be what? Christ. Then are you what? Abraham's what? Seed. And you're what? Heirs according to the what? Promise. Now, the singular nature of the word seed is very important right here, folks. See, when used in reference to Jesus, it indicates that every promise of the blessing in the Old Testament was specifically directed towards him. Are you with me out there? He was the singular seed to whom the blessings of Abraham belonged to. But that's not the end of the story. Because notice it says in verse 29, those who are in Christ are also Abraham's seed. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Then you are what? Abraham's seed. But notice the word seed in verse 29 is referred to us as a singular word. It's just as singular as when it was used in reference to Jesus. It doesn't say seeds. It says what? Seed. That means the blessing is directed as specifically towards us as it is to him. We have exactly the same right to walk in the blessings as Jesus does. And I want you to remember this the next time you read the gospel accounts of Jesus in, 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 in his gospels. If you read Jesus' accounts, read his ministry, accounts of his ministry, I want you, when you start reading those gospels, because I know you're going to start reading the Bible after today, I want you to start reading. I know some of y'all ain't been reading your chapter today. Hallelujah. Pray for him, Lord. Father, I thank you. I know you said those that obey and serve you. Those that are willing and obedient. But they're going to be obedient from this day forward, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But next time you read the gospel accounts of Jesus' ministry, practice seeing yourself in your mind's eyes, not as a hungry member of the crowd waiting to be fed, but practice seeing yourself as the one multiplying the fish. Instead of seeing yourself as a woman pressing through the crowd, trying to touch Jesus' garment, become the one wearing the garment. Oh, come on. Anybody with me in here? See, by faith, put on Jesus' coat. Put on his coat of blessing because why? As his, listen, as his joint heir, that anointed coat belongs to you. Somebody say it belongs to me. And with that being said, listen, it's time for us, folks, to enter into God's rest. See, according to God's own word, the whole planet belongs to us. 
the whole planet. I need to put a globe up here to get you a visualization. Somebody said, I just set up a St. Thomas. I didn't say St. Thomas. <laughs> I said what? The whole planet belongs to you. It belongs to you, me, and every other believer. Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 13. See, we're the one that short-circuit everything. We're the one we think a little than what God thinks of us. We're the one that limits God because of our small thinking. In Romans 4.13, look what it says here. For the promise that he should be what? Heir of little St. Thomas? He said heir of the what? Heir of the what? Come on, get the world in your frame of thinking. Amen. Get him out your little house in your little corner. Come on. And get the what? World. He said that we should be what? Heirs of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed. What are we? It wasn't given us through the law, as we're saying. The Amplified Bible reads it this way. It did not come through observing commands of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So through the righteousness of faith, Abraham and his seed had become heirs of the world. Heirs of what? Okay, it ain't getting past y'all. Heirs of what? Heirs of what? Heirs of what? Who's the world belong to? It's said here, the promise is ours as heirs of the blessing, folks. See, through Jesus, the last Adam, we have once again been given title deed of this earth. Come on. Through him, mankind has got, listen, through him, mankind has stepped back into the garden. Oh, let me say it again. Through him, mankind has what? Stepped back into the garden. And see, you have some to say, well, doesn't the Bible say the devil is still the God of this world? Well, let's turn. Let's look at that. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. They'll say, well, I thought the devil was the God of this world. They don't say that. If you do a little bit more digging, you'll know what he's talking about. If you read your chapter a day. And you studied your chapter that day. And you just didn't read over the service. You got your concordance out. Hello. You got your concordance out and find out what every word meant in that scripture. Okay, I ain't going to well either. Because I know that's something you ain't been doing then. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. It says, in whom what? The God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who was the image of God, should what? Shine unto them. Now, the Greek word translated world here refers to, to the what? It refers to the demonic, dominated, heathen world system of this present age. The world system. That's the only thing the devil can claim as his own. Because why? Because the earth itself doesn't belong to him anymore. Oh, let me say it again. The earth himself doesn't belong to him anymore. See, Jesus has all authority. Where? In heaven and on earth. When? Now. 
And that authority is ours, what? Through Him. And according to God's Garden of Eden timeline, that put us right back on the seventh day. Let me say it again. According to Garden of, Eden, Garden of Eden's timeline, that put us back on the what? Seventh day. Not like it's being preached by some denominations, folks. Come on. It brings us back to the point described in Genesis chapter 2 where God says, I rested from all his works. And what it said, he rested from what? All his work. Well, turn to Hebrews 4.3. It brings it back to the point described in Genesis chapter 2 where God rested from all his work. And in Hebrews 4.3, notice what it says here. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. For we which have what? Any believers in this room? For we which have believed do what? Enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished. From the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise. And God did what? Rest the seventh day from what? From all his works. Look at verse 9 and 10. It says, there remaineth therefore a what? Rest to who? Any people of God in this room? Okay, just a couple of y'all. Any people of God in the back back there? It says, there remain of a rest of the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also has what? Seized from his own works as God did from him. Now, this is what this truly means when it comes to resting on the seventh day. Why? Because it's all about the blessing. See, with the blessing back in operation, we as believers don't have to toil. We don't have to sweat. We don't have the strain to make a living like people are dependent on the world system. Because why? We are blessed. Listen, the earth doesn't have to fight us when we cultivate it. Nor does it have to listen. Nor does it have to produce thorns and thistles, and the curse us and curse us every time we put our hand to it. No, what happens here? That curse has been lifted from us because of what Jesus did. We can enter into God's rest and put the blessing to work for us. That's why it says the blessing of the Lord make it rich and add no painful toil to us. So we shouldn't be toiling anymore if we understand the blessing. We shouldn't be sweating anymore if we understand the what? Blessing. Somebody said that curse has been lifted from me. See, we can stop struggling. We can stop struggling along in our own strength and trust the blessing to empower us to fulfill God's original mission for our lives. Somebody tell your neighbor, your struggling days are over. If you can get an understanding and a revelation of the blessing. Let me say it again. Say this to your neighbor. Say your struggling days are over. If you can get this message, what is our mission? Turn your Bibles to Proverbs 
What is our mission? Our mission is the same as it's always been. And our mission is to create a Garden of Eden wherever we go. Amen. Tell your neighbor, that's your mission. Let me say it again. Your mission is to create a Garden of Eden wherever you go. And we do that first by preaching the gospel. Come on. We share the good news with that. Listen, we share the good news that Jesus has come. He's paid the price for sin and he's gotten back the blessing for all mankind. That's the gospel message, folks. And we do it by doing what? By letting people know that through him, through him, somebody say through him, the garden, garden of Eden is open again. Through who? Through him. And understand this, when people believe that message and are born again, listen, we help create the conditions of the garden in their lives by teaching them how to walk, talk, and live in the blessing just as Jesus did. Come on, are you with me out here? Somebody say, just as Jesus did. And understand this, when people believe that message once again, and are what? Born again. What message? Of the Garden of Eden. When people what? Believe that message and are what? Born again. What we do? We help what? Create. Create what? The conditions of the garden where? And their lives. How we do it? By teaching them how to what? How to walk. I just said it. <laughs> By teaching them how to what? Walk. How to what? Talk. And what? Live in the blessing. How? Just as who? Let me say it again since y'all didn't get it the first or second time. When people believe that message and are what? Born again. We help create what? The conditions of the garden and where? In their lives by doing what? Teaching them how to what? Walk and talk and live in the blessing just as who? Jesus did. See, that's called making disciples. And one of the ways we do it is by giving people an example to follow. We walk in the blessing ourselves. So they can follow us as we follow Christ. What happens? We become living demonstrations. We become what? Living demonstrations of the blessing. By what? By bringing the compassion. By bringing the power and the glory of God. What? On the scene wherever we go. That's your job. God, people need to see you walking in the blessing. Oh, come on. Come on, we're trying to preach this gospel to people and we, we broke, discouraged. Yeah, busted and disgusted. Woe is me. Then we're going to go and say, you need to receive my Jesus. They're looking at you like, what did he do for you? <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. 
And see, some people got this mentality, I just don't have what it takes. I'm telling your neighbor, yes, you do. Why? You were born to do it. I'm telling your neighbor, I was born to do it. See, you were born again by the what? By the word of God, and you were made an error of the blessing for an express purpose of blessing all the families of the earth. That's why you were blessed. To bless what? All the families of the earth. You have within you seed. Somebody say seed. You have within you seed from, listen, and you have the capacity to bless this entire world. And see, that seed that you do have, it may seem small to you right now. But if you will nurture it with the word of God and faith, what happened? It will grow on the inside of you just as the seed of Jesus grew inside Mary's womb. And before long, you'll start seeing manifestations of it. You'll see the evidence of the blessing at work, not only in your own life, but through you and the lives of others. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Now, let me warn you. If you neglect the word and you feed on the world's junk all the time, you'll stay sick and broke as you ever were. And you'll continue, and you, and you'll continue to live according to the dictates of this natural world instead of by the power of the blessing, folks. And all the while, that little seed that you do have, will be lying dormant in your spirit, starving for spiritual food, starving for spiritual water, and starving for a spiritual life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on. You see, what I'm talking about, this is not just for, just for preachers, folks. This is for everyone. Tell your neighbor, everyone. See, if you give that seed the nourishment it needs, it will spring out of you. There's no way around it. It's a spiritual principle. Proverbs 4.23 says what? Keep thy heart. Of all what? Diligence. Why? For all of it are what? The issues of life. Inside us is the image of Jesus. Inside us is the blessing. Inside us is the anointing of God and the glory of God. We carry on the inside of us the Garden of Eden, folks. Come on, get this. Someone say, I carry on the inside of me the Garden of Eden. And if we'll give our attention to it, and we'll begin to think, talk, and act in accordance with it, that inner image will reproduce everywhere we go. That's why God sometimes sends us to the most difficult, thistle-growing, demon-infested places in the world. And that might be on your job. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And see, the people in those places, what you fail to realize, are in desperate need of the garden. And when we go there, we bring the garden with us. I'm not just talking about theory here, folks. 
It happened, and it's happening now. If you have time, Google a town in Guatemala of about 18,000 people, and it's called Amalogang. Let me say. Amalong. Let me say. Hold on. I practice this word. Amalong. Amalonga. 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 A M A L M O L O N G A. Amalonga. 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 You got it. Amalonga. A L M O L O N G A. A L M as in Mary. O as in Oscar. L as in Larry. O as in Oscar. N as in Nancy. G as in Go. A as in Apple. <laughs> in that little town, 90% of the people had been born again. Big signs lead into the town declare, signs now, Jesus is Lord of Amalanga. Now, they stated a few years ago that area was a wasteland. But now you should see the crops. It says, in an average of 40 trucks a day leave Omalanga loaded with tons of produce during any time of their eight annual harvest. It said the camera crews that went in there brought back videos to verify it, and they showed cabbages so big they wouldn't fit into a five-gallon bucket. And carrots the size of your forearm. The drivers were now driving Mercedes trucks. The last jail closed in 1988. The townspeople turned into a church. A chapel because why? They didn't need a jail anymore. Now, a generation ago, there were only four churches, but now there are 23 churches. Now, somebody may say, well, I'm going to ask Jesus to do that here in the Virgin Islands. And they'll go, I'm going to pray that he'll cast the devil out of St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix and get everybody saved, get everybody healed, and get everybody prosperous. And see, so you can pray that all you want. But they never won't do you any good. They never won't do you any good. Why? Jesus never said he would take the gospel to the Virgin Islands or any other island. He didn't say he would cast out the devil out of your islands. He didn't say he would lay hands on the sick around you and heal them. He didn't say that. What did he say in Mark 16, 15? Don't be trying to quote it. Look at it. <laughs> he said unto them, do what? Go ye. He didn't put his name in there. He said, go ye what? Into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. But he that believeth not shall be what? Damned. And these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. And he believers in this room. He said, in my name they shall what? Cast out devils, they shall what? Speak with new tongues, they shall what? Take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. 
Then in verse 20 it says, and they went forth. And did what? Preached everywhere. The Lord doing what? Working with them and confirming the word with what? Signs falling. Amen. So be it. What was Jesus telling them? Jesus said, go. And I'll go with you. But you got to go. I'm not going unless you go. Go and I will what? Go with you. That's another way of saying, I want you to go out there and exercise your authority over this earth. Take dominion and subdue it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Take the blessing around the globe. Fill this whole place with the glory of God. Are you with me out there? This commission, listen, is not just for preachers. It's for every person in this room. It's for all them that what? Believe. Do you believe in here? So if you're a believer, you ought to be confessing it. You ought to be acting on it. You ought to be saying every day when you get up in the morning, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The blessing of Abraham is mine. Jesus has put it on me and in me. Come on, say amen, somebody. And that blessing is flowing out of my body every day. And everywhere I go, guess what? I'm a blessing to people. Not a curse. And if you'll keep saying that, tell your neighbor, if you'll keep saying that, what happened? The blessing will eventually connect you with other people who are operating in it, and you'll become part of a team, folks. And see, a team of blessed people, blessed believers, can do things that are beyond anyone can even imagine. Lift your hands and give God praise. Because we're building a team here, folks. A team of what? Blessed people that's going to produce Garden of Edens. Throughout this community. Come on, say man, somebody. It ain't you, and there's a blessing upon your life. There's a seed on the inside of you. A seed of blessing. But it needs to be nourished, folks. Amen. It needs to be what? Nourished. You need to say with your mouth that I am blessed. I am what? Blessed. I am what? Blessed. One day maybe we'll see that sign coming off the airport over that bridge over there by Hankering. You know, saying Jesus is Lord over St. Thomas. We'll have somebody in office bold enough to do it. Okay, I ain't getting a big amens there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord.